With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Before we get to the next great episode of Bosco's Boys, remember this show and all of our episodes are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. They're the best craft brewery in the entire state of Kansas, and in my opinion, the entire region. It doesn't matter matter if you're a hophead, someone who likes something more malty or fresh, crisp, and refreshing. Your new favorite beer is on tap at Manhattan Brewing Company. I guarantee it. They also have a fully stocked bar for signature cocktails as well. So whether you're going to watch the cats tip off in March Madness, stop by somewhere before the WNIT game in Bramlage for the women, or if you need something to take back home, Manhattan Brewing Company, whether on tap, four packs, or crowlers, is the beer for you. Trust me. Now, let's get into the show. Campbell's freaking state is dancing. A new season has begun. Tang has his first year cats in position for a run. So grab a bracket, grab a brew, or beverage of your choice. John C. Bark's gladness when he hears Bosco's boys. Oh, don't you know? Thank you very much. Boom, the boys are back, and it is the live show to end all live shows. I'm just kidding. I'm sure we will have other live shows again uh, moving forward. Uh, but who knows? Hopefully not the last live show of the sports season, but you never, you never know. I'm looking forward to tonight. We're going to get all sorts of uh, March Madness predictions, and we might have a special guest. I will talk some Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. I'm getting some links sent out one second. All right, there we go. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. Hopefully going to have a super secret uh, guest join us, but even not, I think we'll have a fun time. I'm going to get started just real quick. I want to talk about how exciting it is 
not only to be back in the tournament, but K-State, uh, it's now two different publications have both given Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson All-American status. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of discourse that was happening uh, on Twitter when I put some stuff out there. Um, you know, I think some folks did not like what I said, which was, I think, a weird thing. Um, but this is a super rare occurrence. The last time it happened for K-State was, uh, you know, half a century ago. It was forever ago. And K-State has two All-Americans on their team. A uh, shout-out to Zach, who ran some numbers. And if you have two All-Americans, uh, you know, you either get knocked out basically in the second round or you make a super deep run. I think K-State having two of the 15 best players in college football this year really sets up K-State not only to su- succeed in this NCAA tournament, but really build on legacies, not only individual legacies for Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, who could end up uh, you know, being rafter-type players if we go on a run deep into the second uh weekend and jimmy i i see what you're saying i don't count uh denny clemente uh in that uh fox uh college basketball only did all american lists a couple times uh it, it was like just a weird like three-year thing and he was a fourth uh fourth team all-american with fox basketball um and, and we can talk about it. it that was a great duo uh, but he didn't get honorable mention anywhere else. This is Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel both being third-team All-Americans with two publications that make up s- sort of the consensus ranking. That's why I think this is so rare in a duo that we may not see these dual accolades ever again at K-State. There, there's a chance college basketball could cease to exist before – we have two guys who are going, uh, you know, one publication away from being consensus All-Americans at the same time. I, I think that it is something that is uh, should be celebrated, and I think it really should be setting K-State up to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And I think some folks took some of the stuff I said uh, as to say, oh, K-State will never have big-time talent again. We won't have All-American. That's not true. We will have better teams than this one. We will have better one through eight than this one. I don't know if we'll have a better one through two, though. And that's why I'm excited for this tournament to see how far these guys can go. All right, that's all I have. I want to just open up, and and before we get into predictions, I just want to hear – uh, everyone's thoughts on Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, both being finalists for their individual award uh, player of the year and being uh, All-American honors and just kind of the duo as a whole. You can uh, go quick, you can stretch it out, do whatever you want, but I do want to hear everyone's thoughts because, again, two guys having this high of honors uh, we have not seen in a really long time. Let's start with Jimmy. Yeah, you you said it well. It's it's a big time deal. I mean, if if we're not counting Denny and Jake, then that's only the second time ever in program history, besides 1958 with Bob Boozer and Jack Parr. Jack Parr was third team in ABC, which I think was a pretty legit organization at the time. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, and and I agree with you that that uh, 
I think we kind of take it for granted that, you know, we brought in an All-American in Keontae and, and that the, the staff developed uh, Marquise into an All-American, basically. You know, he had had it in him, but, you know, he wasn't – he was what maybe honorable mention All-Big 12, not even last year. So um, to, 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 to raise those two to this level is pretty, pretty incredible and pretty special, and, and I do think they've got a big – Let's go to Zach, who actually pulled up some of the numbers about what having two guys on these All-American lists could mean for a run in the tournament. Zach, uh, you can either talk about that or you can just kind of talk about the brevity and, and honestly how cool it is uh, that K-State does have two of these players being recognized as two of the best in college basketball this year. Um, yeah, so it, it's very rare as you – have stated um i guess when you think about it only 15 players get to be the first through 13 so but i guess i just expected it to be a more common thing i don't know why um but you're, you're correct it's pretty rare i think it's how many times has it happened like 19 times since 2010 um and you said you know it's only it's either second round or deep run reality is it's second round is only four out of the 19 times. So I think you're more likely to finish as national champion than go out in the second round if you have two All-Americans on the same team. So it's pretty remarkable. Definitely. Let's go to the good chef, Andre Napier, rocking the uh, Wabash cannonball or cannonball dog picture, which looks disturbing. Uh, Chef, thoughts on the combination of uh, Keontae and Marquise and the honors that they rightfully have received. Absolutely. It's legit. It's, you know, you don't, you don't think of combos like this. I mean, you had two bigs with like Beasley and Walker, but you know, Walker never got the accolades and all that stuff. And those, those things are very rarefied air. My question to you is when did it turn for you? Cause you, you brought up rafter talk with Marquise Noel, at what point did it turn for you? Because I remember uh, episode kind of like vividly you saying that it, it, it won't be, he can never be rafter talk. It's more, I don't, I don't even remember if you gave like an explanation on what it would take, but you know, I, I just specifically remember you saying that it, it's not likely that he'll be rafter talk, but now at what point did it change for you? Yeah, no, uh, I remember talking about that, and I think someone might have brought it up during that big run he had to start Big 12 play. And I said, uh, I, I don't see it because I didn't think it was sustainable, and I didn't think he would get All-American status. I think I said when it got brought up, hey, if he is an All-American, if he wins Big 12 Player of the Year, that gives him uh, to get on my ballot an option. Uh, if we go on a run, say they go to the Elite Eight, say they go to the Final Four, I think both of them will eventually get up into the rafters. Now, if you lose in the second round, if you don't make a lot of noise in the tournament, I don't think there'll ever be a big commotion for them. There's All-Americans not up there. So I, I think that's why the legacy, the, the reason why I threw that word out there, Keontae and Marquise could be reference with the all-time greats at K-State if they make a run. They didn't get Big 12 hardware. 
That's kind of why you hear Dean Wade. That's kind of why you hear Barry Brown. I think that's part of the reason why Rodney Magruder gets onto my list because of what he was able to do being on three all Big 12 teams. But getting those All-American honors and making a run, I think that gets you in the conversation. So let's go Cali Mike. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, hypothetically, now, like you said, the awards would a defensive player of the year, would that have like even no, that wouldn't no, matter to you? No. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, because that that kind of kind of gets brought up with the Barry Brown conversation. Barry Brown, yes, he had the defensive player of the year, but he was only all he only made one All Big Twelve team. You know, he he wasn't. I, I don't even believe he was honorable mention the Elite Eight year. You know, he he had one year where he was an All Big Twelve performer, and yes, they went on a run, uh, but but that isn't enough to make my consideration. So. Uh, we'll go to Callie Mike next. Callie Mike, what do you make of the year this duo has had? I mean, it's, you know, it's nothing short of incredible uh, that we have two players like this um, that have just gelled immediately. Um, I mean, I, you're right. But like, you know, when you said we may never see anything like this again, you know, you have to stop and think about that. And it really puts it in perspective, like how amazing, you know, I think that Marquise and Keontae have just added this energy that makes you want to tune in every minute you can to watch this team. And it just shows like, you know, you get one or two players, three, four players, whatever, how exciting it can make K-State basketball. Like we were all a little, you know, for lack of a better word, just out of it last year and not so excited for the last few years. And then you bring in Coach Tang, his coaching staff, and then this group of players and these two specifically just bringing this energy, it's massive. And I love it. Let's go to Ema Elvis next. Ema Elvis, what, what do you make of the two All-Americans? We're in rarefied air, as you said, and – Think about the 68 teams that have five starters. That's 340 players. And K-State has two of the best 15 of them. Uh, That's pretty amazing. These guys complement each other so well. And one couldn't have been All-American without the other, I don't think. Uh, They're so much fun to watch. And if they get to play their kind of ball, we're in for a deep run, I think. Let's go to Colorado Cole, and then we will end with Will the Thrill on this one. Cole, uh, the boys were not able to get out to play in front of you in Denver, but they are two All-Americans. And and to uh, Jimmy's point, it's AP and NBAC. Those are the two publications that have them as uh, third-team All-Americans. So uh, what are your thoughts, and what do you make of this historic duo? I mean, that's just kind of another testament to how fun this season has been. And, I mean, got to give some credit to Coach Tang and this entire staff for not only continuing to elevate Marquise's game, but also bring in uh, such a talent like Keontae. Um, And not even just getting the two guys to show up, but getting them to gel and uh, managing – you know, the unique situations that they face, you know, Marquise was one of two guys left on the roster and obviously 
Keontae's situation is, you know, very uh, rare to be a Division One athlete that had that situation on the court and come back two years later. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Scott. I think you can start talking rafter talk. Um, but I think uh, whether it's right or wrong, I think there does have to be a bit of a run in the tournament to really solidify that. Um, but hopefully that's the case, and uh, we'll be sitting a month from now or whatever trying to plan out when these guys will be hanging their jersey in the right. Yeah, and, and I, I, I want to say this. The, the only the, – the, for them to be automatic – you know, putting them, uh, you know, kind of in that second tier conversation because I think everyone has their one tier with Jake and Mike. Uh, I think you need to see Final Four get to the second second weekend. Uh, I, I think I think, like I said, you, you can start kind of putting them in your power rankings. We'll go to Will. Uh, yeah, absolutely amazing, uh, deserving. Both of them are very much deserving of it. Um, the thing that sucks in my mind, and I'm bad about this, it's not like a pessimistic look, but it kind of just makes you wonder, like, uh, you know, had they had three years, four years together, how much more they could have gelled and, and really raised that bar. But um, agree with what everyone else has said, and I, I, I think that it helps, uh, you know, helps us down the road. You're getting the spotlight on these guys, and uh, – We'll do nothing but help the program. For sure. All right, let's kind of move into, let's talk a little bit of March Madness. Uh, I, you know, I, I think three seed uh, is about where this team deserved. We could kind of, you know, go back and forth, talk about if we, uh, you know, felt we should be higher on the S-curve, which could have landed us in Denver. Uh, but honestly, I, I think we kind of got through that on Selection Sunday. Let's talk about the draw and initial reactions and what the potential for this team is. We'll do we'll do uh, uh, kind of predictions here in a second, but what is the potential and what do you think about the draw uh, and how it lays out for K-State? Jimmy, you and I talked about this uh, earlier in the week. Uh, what was your initial reaction and what's the potential when you look at the East region as a whole? I thought the draw was really, really good uh, just off off the start. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, getting a, a team rated outside the top 100 in Ken Palm to start things was, was pretty significant. Um, I think you have two teams in the second round, either Providence or Kentucky, which are both uh, featured their bigs. Uh, North Texas kind of does too, which I like. They're uh, – Second round would be two teams that don't turn teams over a lot, don't pressure defense a lot. Then, you know, we get past them, then then it's then it's going to be fun. You know, you'd expect to see Marquette, who's who who would promote some provide some challenges, and and they are a really good turnover defense. And Shaka Smart, you know, kind of revitalized his career after the Texas uh, deal with, that he had. So, yeah, I, I like the draw. I think. You know, this is this is a draw that can get K State to the second weekend, and then we'll see what happens after that. Let's go to Zach next. Zach, uh, when you look at the uh, bracket uh, with a possible matchup with Marquette in the Sweet Sixteen, if Chalk were to hold, uh, what were your initial thoughts? And after 
a few days have passed. What are your current thoughts about the East region? Um, yeah, I like the draw. At least, you know, initially. Um, I guess what I, what I mean by that is I like our – I like getting to the second weekend. I think Marquette is is a wall. I don't know if they're a wall necessarily. I mean, of course, you know, I saw – nobody saw us beating Kentucky in 2018. Nobody, myself included. I just was hoping to keep it close. That's kind of how I see Marquette. I mean, I know that most of the season they were in the same ballpark as us, but they are on fire. They just are an ex- – they seem to be playing at the level of a national championship program right now. Um, so I really am nervous to catch them because I think they have a very almost guaranteed Sweet 16 appearance to get there. Um, drawing Montana State as our 14 seed, you couldn't really ask for any better than that. Um, they're, they're like 110th in Ken Palm. Just for example, I know that they were, you know, 13 seeds, but LaSalle was all the way up at 57th in Ken Palm entering the tournament. So I, I will happily take Montana State as our first round game. Awesome. Let's go next to, we'll go to Will the Thrill on this one. Will, uh, East Bracket, I know I was watching with bated breath after uh, you figured out where KU landed in the West. You figured K-State would be in the East. Uh, what were your thoughts watching Selection Sunday? And as you look at the East as a whole, uh, you know, w- how does it lay out for K-State? What's the potential? I won't make you give me your prediction, but what's the potential for this? Uh, I'm, I'm in the wind right now. You'll have to get back to me. Hey, no worries. No worries. We'll go to Ema Elvis instead. And Ema Elvis, thank you again for another great Well, oh, thank you very much. Um. I, I love the draw. I think it's shaping up. It couldn't be – it could only be better, I think, if they were in Kansas City for the regional. But imagine Green and Tomlin and, and Marquise and uh, – who am I forgetting? New Yorkers. Ish. Ish, Masood. Those guys growing up and knowing the the glory of – uh, seeing games and concerts as kids, maybe, or at least knowing of them, in Madison Square Garden and thinking, man, someday I'd love to go there and play. That would be awesome if I got to go there and play someday. And here they are in position to do that. So I, I think it's it's awesome. I like the competition in that uh, side of the bracket. Uh, I think it's just a great draw. We'll go next to Callie Mike. Callie Mike, I'm sure you're liking that late start on Friday, uh, even though I'm not. Uh, what were your initial thoughts to the draw, and what, what are you feeling today on this Wednesday evening? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually I kind of wish the game was a little earlier, to be honest with you, just so I could duck out of work um, and sort of skip the St. Paddy's Day packed bar scene, but whatever, take what I can get. Um, I think it's a good, definitely a good draw in the bracket. I think that in that East region, I'm myself, uh, just to preview a bit, I'm showing some us upsets in that first round that positions K-State nicely. Um, so, you know, I think we can make a run. Uh, Ema Elvis kind of uh, talked about it with Ish and 
uh, uh, Noel going back to uh, Madison Square Garden. And, you know, it's like one of those storybook type of deals. Like, um, you couldn't you couldn't write it any better. Um, so let's see it happen. Let's go next to Cole. Cole, uh, Selection Sunday comes. It's the final bracket. We knew we were going to be in that bracket. So what were you thinking as you saw the names popping up for the East bracket uh, during the Selection Show? Yeah, you know, initially, I think I had maybe a little bit of uh... – sticker shock just kind of just some names some bigger name programs you know you got tennessee duke uh michigan state usc but after kind of letting it simmer for a little bit and listening to people that are smarter than me i'm really starting to like our draw more and more um i do think in my opinion i think we have the worst one seed and the worst two seed in our region of the bracket. Well, there you go. If uh, if you subscribe to that theory, it's a pretty good bracket to be a three seed in. Uh, let's go to Chef, and then uh, we'll give Will another try. Chef, uh, you, you saw it, it. You know, it was not in a uh, drivable location for you. It wasn't in Louisville. I know you're hoping for Columbus and Louisville, but what were your yeah. thoughts? And then it looks well, like I, we have a special guest, so you'll be the last one before we start talking to our special guest. Okay, well, perfect. I see who the name is, and it's the king, so I'll, I'll definitely give it up. But, you know, uh, the bracket, it sets up perfect. You know, like like a lot of people said, Emo Elvis said the, the return of some of our young kings on this team to New York. Uh, I, I, thought, I saw this stat when uh, Cole just brought it up, but when the one the the two teams that, that are in the top of our bracket one one and two Purdue and Marquette they're both unranked at the beginning of the season when that happens when a team is unranked and they are a one or a two seed they've never made it past the second round so i don't know if that, i don't know if that's a you know a, a prediction i don't know if i'm going to do that but if if history repeats itself that's in our favor, I guess, if the, the big dogs are knocked out. I think I think Providence is a little bit better than Kentucky, but they have better athletes, in my opinion. They're a better team. They're a little on down on the dumps right now, but I'm gonna give it up to King Marco, so I wanna hear I wanna hear what the coaches got. Yeah, you guys heard it. Our special guest, you know him as the king. He is the director of strategy and he is gracing us with his presence. Coming live from Greensboro, North Carolina, on Tobacco Road, Marco Bourne. Coach Bourne, thank you for joining us. How was the trip out there, and how'd that first shoot-around look in Greensboro? Oh, everything was great, man. We, we um, got all smooth. Our managers did a great job of making sure all our bags were on the plane because I don't know if you heard, every, every school don't have the managers that we have. Somebody. Well, yeah, th- there was like three or four schools that had some issues getting their equipment to the to the uh, site. So shout out to everyone working behind yeah. the scenes. So I- I'm glad yeah, it all got Shout out to our managers. They, they, they're one of a kind. Uh, but, yeah, everything was going great. We, we, um, we're here. We had a good walkthrough today, a little shoot around. Uh, didn't get to the main arena today. We'll do that tomorrow. But uh, they had some uh, auxiliary sites. So we were able to get a, a good sweat. Guys uh, have been having a good week of practice. 
So, we, you know, we're excited to compete on Friday. Yeah, I'm going to ask some questions, and then I'm going to let some of the boneheads uh, have their shot at you. First, Marco, I want to ask you this. What is the prep like? You find out who you're playing on Selection Sunday. Um, you know, it, it's about a, you know, what, a five-day turnaround. How quickly do you guys start pounding the pavement getting the game plan? Uh, I mean – you know, first and foremost, we we definitely um, you know took some time just to appreciate the, the hard work and appreciate making a tournament. You know, coaches being on going one and zero, and you know celebrating wins and learning from losses. So you know, as a staff, as a team, uh, you know we we put in a lot of hard work. Uh, so we kind of on Sunday we used Sunday just to really uh, we had a good practice Sunday morning, uh, and then we just really you know took in. And, and gave us a chance to just breathe and relax and be like, you know, congratulations to everybody for, for this accomplishment. Uh, understanding that it's not just about making a tournament, but we wanted to definitely not, you know, look past that. Uh, and then on Monday, we got right into it. Uh, Coach Urich, Coach Perry, Coach Tang, Coach Ring, uh, you know, they were grinding and, and just getting as much information as we can on Montana State and, you know, preparing the guys. Today was the first day we really uh, started introduction on, on Montana State um, so that guys could understand the focus that we need and, and you know, the quality of team that we're about to go up against. Yeah, Coach, I, I remember I, I, I go back to that fall conversation where I got to talk with you and Coach Sutton as well. Uh, and, and I remember chatting with you guys, and, and I came away uh, just kind of in awe of the confidence that you guys had in the team, uh, K-State picked to finish last. And then even on our bonehead prediction show, I think almost everyone had K-State making the tournament, but thought it was going to be a little bit more of a bubble situation. Um, what was it about this team that, you know, even before things tipped off, there was that quiet confidence that you guys could have such a big. Well, I mean, we understand, you know, if, if you, <laughs> Uh, you just look at the, the, the progress and how it took place, you know, starting with two guys from a team that um, I think finished, if not last, close to last the year before, you know, and, and there's a lot of unknown on the outside. But on the inside, we knew exactly what we had. We knew, you know, as, as long as the guys continue to mesh and come together, the success that we could put together. Um, and so we felt that was where the confidence came from, is that we knew who we were. The outsider didn't know yet. Uh, but we knew if we kept working and doing the things we had to do, uh, that that would lead to some success. Final one from me before I kind of let the uh, boneheads talk to the king himself. Uh, Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel both have been up for all sorts of different awards, not only at the Big 12 level, the national level. We, we're starting to see the All-American accolades pour in for both of them. Uh they accomplished something that hasn't been done at K-State. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you go back, you know, Jacob Poland, Denny Clemente uh, were close there. Uh, but then you have to go back, way back into the black and white TV days before you had two All-Americans on the same team. Uh, how special not only was their play on the floor, but what they did for this program off the floor in the practice uh, you know, Jim, uh, just building this new culture at K-State uh, that led them to uh, receive these accolades? Well, I'll tell you, for for guys so talented, um, Keontae and Marquise are probably two of the, the, the best kids 
or young men, I should say, that I've ever been around. Um, you know, sometimes with talent comes attitude, uh, but these guys are just like just a, a one of the guys, and I think that's what has led and, and really built our success. Coach stressed doing the as we built the team and brought guys in. You know, he stressed that we wanted good guys. You know, it, it was more about you know, yeah, we wanted to win, but we wanted to make sure that we had guys with high character. And for those two guys to lead us, I mean, it's uh, you can you know you can catch Keontae. I mean, he he's going. Help somebody, you know, grab a bag. Here, you know, Marquise is grabbing bags. Like they, neither one of them present themselves as all American basketball players. They're all American people. And, you know, when other guys, I mean, when you have those type of character and those type of characteristics they present, you know, the other guys, they just fall along. And I think that's what really helped the team mesh. Uh, it wasn't like, this is my, I mean, Marquise never had the attitude like, this is my team. Welcome to my team. Uh, from day one, if you knew how much work Marquise put in a recruit, and I, I think he need—he almost need to be hired as a top recruiter. Um, you know, it was always come, you know, join, join the family, join us, not welcome to my family. And for every kid from, uh, you know, from from Naquan to Cam all the way down to Peyton, is you know everybody acts the same, everybody's treated the same. Uh, Keontae Marquise never—they leave me alone. They always having fun. They always joking. We have a lot of family activities where we, where we eat on Sundays a lot where it's no basketball. It's just hanging out. And those guys are just, they, most of the time they're leading the, the group with the dancing and the, and the activity, whatever we had planned for that day. So they, I mean, they are, they're great basketball players. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like we watched that and the numbers they put up are great, but the people that those two young men are, are just like excellent leaders and excellent young men that really, that's the forefront of what brought the team together and helped us succeed. It wasn't about the basketball. It was about them bonding and them bringing the other guys to where nobody cares who got player of the week. Nobody cared who scored the last point. It was all about winning. It was all about the team shining. I love that. I love that. Uh, we're going to give the Boneheads their shot at King Marco. We're going to start with Jimmy. Jimmy, ask the King anything you'd like. Hey, Coach. I'm doing well. Doing, Jimmy? I, I, one question. Um, you've really got two guys, Keontae and, and Desi, who have played in the tournament. How do you handle the prep and making sure guys aren't too hyped and too, you know, you get in the dance and, and sometimes the energy level can be too high in that first game. How do you handle that and keeping those guys? Well, like I said, the, the, the guys really do a good job of, of monitoring themselves. Uh, Coach is a great at allowing the guys to play freely. Um, I think part of that comes with just the preparation that coach, uh, coach Tang, coach Malagy, uh, coach, coach Reem and, and coach Perry put together to where is, um, it's, it's not very complicated. You know, we try to be as simple as possible with things so the guys can be free and play free. Um, you know, we, we, we do a lot of things in practice. And I know practice is not the same likes where we put them in pressure situations. We got, pressure drills, we got certain things, and Coach does a great job of just, well, his experience of winning a national championship and, you know, the 19 years and the 10 or more trips that he's made of um, just preparing them, you know, so we feel pretty confident that, you know, I think everybody, when they first take the floor, when they first go to shoot around, I think everybody goes through that while we're here. I mean, I'm excited. My first NCAA tournament, I'm excited to look at the lights, uh, but, I, you know, I think we do a great job preparing them so when they throw the ball up, it becomes just a regular game. 
Awesome. We'll go next to the good chef, Andre Napier. Chef, what do you have for the king? Yeah, I mean, you kind of went into it a little bit, Coach, and I appreciate you being on here. I appreciate what you've done for the team and, you know, getting us back to the tournament. I was going to ask you, with this being the getting us back to the dance for the first time and you being on staff for the first year, what's been your experience with the NCAA tournament, if you've had any, and what are you kind of expecting from just from the coaching staff in general and then – like you said, how you how you delegate that to the players? Well, like I said, first of all, Chef, what, what's your specialty? Like, we got we can't skip that part. The Chef. Oh well, you know, I I've retired from the chefing industry, but the name has lingered on. But you know, I I could whip up anything. I'm I'm trash, uh, classically trained, so you know, French cuisine, seafood. Seafood is what I usually would dive into. But you know, that's just me. We're going to have to get you over the ice and, and put, up, put, put put your skills to the test. Hey, man, if, if you want to hire me in any facet around <laughs> Kansas State, I will be there with bells on. Okay, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to look that up. All right. Uh, but to your question, um, I mean, last year, you know, I was fortunate last year with Alcorn that we participated in NIT. Um, you know, as an NAI coach, I've been on, on their level at the national tournament. You know, this will be my first um, full staff. I was um, with Baylor a little bit during the national championship run, but this will be my first time full staff at the tournament. Uh, but, you know, Coach Tang has the experience. Coach Malachi has been there. Coach uh, Reem has been there. Uh, so, you know, they've shared stories. They've talked to the guys. You know, we, we I think, like I said earlier, we've done a great job. We had a film session um, uh, Monday where we talked about some things and preparing them and getting them to understand. But Coach – I mean, coach is such an easy guy to play for. Like, um, you know, I've been around a lot of coaches that they're, right now guys are tense. Like, we we like we had fun today, and the guys have fun, and they're always – it's all about being relaxed and, and being yourself and, and, and performing to your best of your abilities. And uh, our staff, was, you know, led by Coach Tane, they do a great job of putting the guys in position to succeed. So, you know, again, I think everybody who plays – I don't care how many times you come to the tournament, it's so special – uh, you know, I think it's some sort of while I'm here. Uh, but I think once the ball is tossed, our guys are going to be focused and ready to go. We'll go next to a guy who was at Cal Berkeley for that first road win of the year. So we're going to go to Callie Mike. Uh, so Callie Mike, uh, ask Coach Bourne anything. You- Appreciate that, Scott. Actually, you uh, teed up sort of what my question was going to go for. So, uh, Coach. Great to talk with you. Um, Yeah, I was just going to mention, you know, I was at that game at Berkeley and, um, you know, I had a great time, number one. But number two, I really got to see how much fun the team was having together really early on. I think that's just reflecting back. Um, You could really see at that game that like with the dunks and the alley-oops, like this team was just having fun in the beginning. Um, And, you know, they kind of locked it down as the season went on. Um, and I'm just sort of curious your thoughts on how the team has progressed from those those beginnings of just sort of playing scrappy basketball to sort of the professional ethic that they deliver today. Um, what is your take on that progression and how they've developed? Well, first, uh, Cal and Mike, let me say that trip to Cal was supposed to be our first road trip, but man, you guys took over and it, it, it the only thing felt like we were on the road when we slept in the hotel. I mean, it, 
purpled out. The, the fans were, were going crazy. Like, you guys really took over that place, and, and, it, it, and we appreciate that uh, fully. Uh, Coach, since he took over the job, always talked about the fan support and how crazy Bramlin could be. And after that trip, it was like, wow, like, this is <laughs> – that. I mean, it was crazy to have so much support so far away from home. So we definitely appreciate it. Um, but as the season progressed, you know, it, it was just – Everything has always been, like I say, our whole motto is, you know, go 1-0 uh, that day, uh, that task, that minute, that hour. You know, we, we talked to our guys if, you know, let's say you have class uh, at 12 o'clock and you didn't have the best class, you know, let's, let's move on and make sure we get to weights and, and do the next thing. Go to the study table and win that session. You know, if you have practice and you don't think you had the best practice, you know, go to class and win that session. And, and I think that's been the motto and the guys bought into it. And so we were able to, you know, bounce back from, from adversity. Um, you know, again, the coaches, we, they do such a great job of the preparation and getting everybody what they need to be. Um, I think, you know, in losses, you know, sometimes we, we, we've lost some games that we, we, you know, we shook our head after the game, just like our fans, but we never uh, panicked. It was just, you know, hey, let's go in here, fix it, make a couple of corrections here, figure this out, figure that out. And then we move on to the next, you know, and, and then through the, through the stretch of playing in the 12, it's, it's no easy day. It's no off day. You know, you had 10 teams that at some point beat a top 10 team. Every team in the 12 beat somebody ranked in the top 10, at least one victory over a top 10 team. That's, that's almost amazing by itself. Uh, so we understood through, through coach's experience, Coach Malagy's experience of being in the 12, we understood that the road we had to take and the grind that it was going to be. So, it was about just being consistent and, you know, Coach Field in the weight room and Coach Luke and uh, Luke, our uh, athletic trainer, did a good job of, you know, uh, derailing any injuries, keeping bodies fresh, keeping the guys focused. Uh, you know, we got a good mental staff with, uh, you know, with Deja and Ms. Anna, uh, keeping the guys mentally locked in. So it's, it's been a, a group project, all hands on board, that's just keeping the guys prepared and keeping them ready. Yeah, Coach Bourne, uh, Cali Mike here. I think he was responsible organizing over a hundred of those Wildcats to be there that night in Berkeley, uh, working with the Cal ticket office and finding other California cats. So he was a big part of that night. Yeah, from the outside looking in, that may have been Cal's biggest biggest. It probably was. Definitely, it probably was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're. I think they're moving on. I think they're they're in the midst of a coaching search. So. Uh, Coach Bourne, don't don't be going off to Berkeley. We we want to keep you in Manhattan. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go next. Uh, we'll go to uh, Colorado Cole. We'll go to Cole, and then we'll go to Ema Elvis, and then we'll wrap up with Zach. Uh, Cole, what do you got for the King? Hey, Coach, big fan of your work. Um, just got two quick questions for you. I know we've all probably seen the video before the OSU game. Got some little baby going on. Um, I just like to ask, in those situations, who's normally gets to be in charge of the ox? And if you're on the ox, who's your go-to artist in that situation? <laughs> well, the, the the ox is controlled. I, I'm not. What, what we say, Quan? I think Quan may control. Quan, uh, Quan and Marquise may control the ox. I'm not sure. Uh, but it, it's it's kind of on playback now. That the, the routine is the routine, uh, but that's just part of the coach wanting them to be free, understanding what the guys want. Um, if it was me, 
you know, me being the New Orleans that I am, it, it would have to be, you know, probably some Lil Wayne, uh, mystical, uh, something from the New Orleans uh, genre. But yeah, I think it's Quan or, or, or Marquise. I would that would be my guess. But I, I stay away from the music selection. The these young guys, their music is a little different than what I, I listen to. Coach, what's your favorite Lil Wayne album? Oh, the album? Oh, I like you can put any of them on. It it it, it, it suits me well. Carter three. Uh, That's the only answer. Oh uh, no, I, I I may go even with the young Wayne when he was with the with Juvenile and the hot with the Juvenile Hot Boys as the group Wayne. I, I think I go with the baby Wayne before he could cuss. I love that. We'll we'll uh we'll go email Elvis and then we'll go to Zach. Oh wait, wait, wait. Before we go on, Colorado. Yeah, what up? How you feeling about the the the, the Buffaloes joining the twelve? That gave you a chance. You got you got some competition with, with uh California Mike when we come up to Colorado. If the Buffalo Yeah, right. I'm in, hoping so. I was hoping Buffalo maybe get I get in. to see you guys this year, but maybe if they the Buffs join up, I might actually get to see you boys. Yeah. But you gotta fill it up like uh California Mike. Now you gotta get the get the get the group together. Oh, you already know. You already I appreciate it. All right, Emo. Hey, it's amazing what you and the rest of the coaching staff and this team has done in year one. Congratulations. It's been an awesome season. Let's keep it going. Um, when, when you uh, get to ask questions near the end here, a lot of ground has been covered. So I'm going to ask something on the little lighter side. Uh, talk about pregame rituals that you always do. And if there's anything special about this trip, that you plan to do or have done or will do. Um, and does anyone on you or anyone on the staff or this team have to take some kind of good luck charm on the road or knickknack or the teddy bear or the little knitted uh, All-American dolls that you have showing here? Uh, anything like that that somebody has to take with them on a trip? Okay, uh, so I have to, we have to backtrack. Cause I got a call from from Coach Reem just now. I think he's trying to mess with me with this all calling North Texas game. Let's see what the score. Is. And it, it interrupted the call, so I didn't get the question, uh, Emon. Oh, okay. I was talking about pregame rituals, and uh-huh. especially on the road or on this trip, anything that the team routinely does or will do uh, in the NCAA tournament as a pregame ritual, uh, and anything that somebody on the staff or the team has to take with them on the road or on this trip? Some weird um, item or something. Uh, I don't know how weird it is, but I think the one thing that uh, I got, I need, um, let's see. Oh, man. I think the, the one thing, what's the one thing that the guys, you know what? Come on, introduce yourself. I'm going to let our wonderful manager, he would be able to answer that better than I can. How you doing? Good. Did you hear the so, question? So, what was the question? What's what's you know, we have to have that the guys have to have on every trip to help them be focused. We got to introduce Man, yourself. Uh, this is Zane Allender. I'm the manager. It's my fifth year here. Um, hey, welcome to the show, Zane. Thank you for all your hard thank work, you so man. Much. Zane is graduating this year. He's already accepted the position. Yes, sir. Yep. I'm uh, going to be in Kansas City next year, working at American Century Investments, and. 
Hey, I, hey, I'm in Kansas City. Slide in the DM, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll have a couple of adult beverages when you move out. That's <laughs> awesome. Sounds and good. Y'all can ride to Bramlage together to come support. Yeah, absolutely, I'll be yeah. I'll be back in Bramlage a lot next year. Okay, so H- heck yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hey, I, I'm actually going to work on trying to get a party bus for one of the games coming from Kansas City. So hey, I'll keep you. I'm in all the about loop. that. I'll keep you. In- I'm all about that. I I would say that this group is really I don't know if the word is self sufficient, but they just you know they just need themselves you know they they can show up in any environment or you know we've how we how we've seen when we played at texas and baylor you know they showed up and we just played well um you know we don't necessarily bring anything nice from they just really need their shoes and their gear and they're ready to go it's a it's a you know it's an older group and that's what i've noticed is with older groups they're just ready to go themselves you know they have their own rituals by themselves but i don't have to bring anything special i'll I'll ask you this and marco you can chime in if you want as well who on the team has the best shoe game gotcha. on the court? I, I know a lot of them are collecting them, you know, off the court, but when they're lacing it up, who has the best shoes when they're playing the game? Uh, the shoe game, they're going to get mad at that. This, the best shoe game on the team, it's going to probably be a four-way competition. Cam, Ant, yep, yep. Uh, Desi, yep. and Keontae. Would that be? Yeah, I think Keontae may be a, like behind a little bit, but but any day, Desi Cam or Ant can can hit you with something yeah. and make you say, okay, let me let me raise up my I gotta I gotta get the stepping stool in my closet to go get another pair, but they know if I come with mine, they're not ready for my shoe game. So <laughs> the king is the king when it comes to the shoe game. But Cam, Ant, and uh, and um, Desi. That that would be my my top three. They they kind of hit you every now and then. I love it. And then we'll we'll get to Zach next. If if anyone wants a second question, we're we're getting close to time. But but if anyone wants a second question, uh, yeah, put, say in the chat. I'll come back to you. But we'll go to Zach for his first one. And then uh, we'll circle back to anyone who wants a second. Hey, coach. I hope you don't have a hard time hearing me. But it's an honor to be on here with you. Um. Just one quick question for you. So a lot of the players, or at least, you know, multiple big ones, are from New York City, uh, Keys, uh, Ish, Taiki, on. Um, is getting to the Square Garden in the second weekend a big motivating factor for them this year? Um, like I said, we, 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 we pride ourselves on just going one and over. Um, you know, our big motivating factor right now is just being able to be blessed enough to practice on uh, Saturday. You know, we understand that at this stage, there's a lot of people that's already recruiting and, and uh, checking out the portal and, you know, packing up their clothes and moving on. So right now, what's motivating us is to be one of those teams that's able to get up Saturday morning and practice and not get a flight back. So uh, the second weekend, I mean, it would be great. I think the guys, you know, you, you'd be foolish to say that they haven't thought about it, you know, but we would love for those guys to go home. But right now the team's focus and everything we're talking about is Montana State and, and um, you know, like I say, being blessed to practice on Saturday. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Bethany Cordell Green, who's actually an associate AD at Montana State. She got her master's at K-State. She worked in the K-State athletic department while she was getting her master's. Uh, don't know if she'll be listening to this before the game, but shout out to Bethany. 
She was there when I was at K-State, and sadly, we're going to have to kick your ass on Saturday. Uh, but shout out to Bethany if, if, uh, uh, if you get a chance to listen to this. Because this will be the last show before we tip off, so I wanted to give her a shout out, Coach Bourne. But you know I'm rocking with you. So did you and Bethany – did y'all take classes together? Or did y'all hang out in anger? Uh, no. <laughs> so uh, she she worked for the athletic department. Actually, when I was a student at K State, they had a advisory council with student fans that I was a part of, and she did a lot of work with it. So I got to know her. Yep, yep, oh, got to know working. her okay. back then, right. uh, and a handful of other folks. Uh, Scott Garrett, who's actually the AD at Cleveland State now was a big part of that as well. Uh, and that's where uh, Coach Henderson, who was on the staff last year, that's where he's at now. Uh, we'll go to uh, Chef. He wanted to uh, get another question at you. He wanted another shot at you, King. So, uh, Chef, what do you got? Absolutely. I can't I can't miss the opportunity to talk to the King. Uh, you, you just mentioned that other teams, the scrub teams that, I, that, that are getting kicked out of tournaments and – their seasons are over, are out recruiting. But you've got your recruiting, like, three players already locked up and signed. Of those three players, I mean, you don't have to touch on all of them, maybe just one of them, and describe a player that they remind you of and uh, one of your – if you had any involvement in their recruitment. Um, I mean, the way Coach Chang sets everything up is everything we do is family, you know, so – uh, it's not one person that's recruiting one person. The whole staff recruits everybody. Um, and so I think, and I think that's one of the things that separate us with, with recruits is that they get to know everybody. Like at any time a recruit may come down the hall, I'm sorry, I'm sorry a player may come down the hall and they sit in everybody's office. They'll stop and, and talk to Miss Bailey at the front because we all involved in the recruiting process. It's, it's not one person that a guy is, you know, hey, I'm only close to this guy. Um, you know, we build relationships with everybody and everybody build relationships with us. We have an open door policy. Um, you know, we're honest with our guys. We love our guys. And we spend a lot of time talking and, and just building our guys off the court. Um, as far as the guys, I'm not big on comparison because I don't like to put, you know, false expectations on people. But I will say this, the three guys we have coming in are exceptional uh, young men and they're exceptional basketball players. They all... Um, this season have led their team to a great success. Uh, they, they, um, I want to say was first team all Chicago, uh, first team all state. I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, led his team to a win over, uh, centering, which was the, one of the top teams in Chicago. The first time his team, uh, was able to defeat those guys, uh, led the area in scoring, you know, exceptional young man comes from a great family. Uh, mom and dad, very involved. When they came on a trip, you know, that it was just, I mean, he felt like home and everything went well. Um, we have uh, RJ, uh, another one from a great family. Um, one of the best, uh, probably may have, may have competed for uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Texas. Decided to go to prep school so he could play, uh, you know, a more stronger uh, schedule. Um, Perform well against some of the top dudes in the country. Uh, average double figures. Uh, night in and night out, um, you know, worked on his ball handling, shoots the ball extremely well, um, decent athlete for his size, can really score uh, on, on all three levels. You know, and then we got uh, uh, Buddy who, you know, is just <laughs> one, of the, one of the best athletes I've ever seen on a high school level. Uh, led, I think uh, led his team to third place, finish in the, in the state of Illinois, 
Yeah, Coach Bourne, you, you might need to keep Rich away from Coach Kleiman. He looks like he, <laughs> he looks like he could be playing safety out on Sundays in the fall as, or Saturdays in the fall as well. So you might want to keep him away from the football facility. Uh, we were in the uh, we were in the gym watching him doing the recruiting process, and he went up and blocked the shot. And I thought the ball bust. He, I mean, he elevated so quick, so high, and he put it on the glass so hard. I thought he bust the ball. You know, um, so you put those three guys with the guys we have coming back. I mean, Jarrell Covid, uh, Anthony, um, um, Duda, um, Dorian. I should say Dorian, um, Taj, with those with those guys. Uh, the red shirt guys, they, I mean, they're going to be like freshmen. You add Peyton to the mix. You know, we got a good core of young guys that, um, you know, I think Marquise and, and, and Keontae and Desi and our seniors have shown them what leadership is and shown them what winning looks like. You know, so we're excited. We're excited. I mean, it's, it's some days where our red shirts and our walk-ons are, are you know, competing with, uh, with you know, a team that at one time was ranked fifth in the country. So, you know, you got Jarrell blocking the shot. Dunking the ball on one end, you got Anthony, you know, penetrating, dunking the ball, uh, Dorian making threes and getting out in the passing lane, getting a steal. You know, we go up in the office like, man, like, you know, our scout team may, <laughs> they may be able to finish middle of the Big 12 sometimes, you know, some days. So it's, it's, going, it's an exciting future. You know, we, we happy and enjoying the present, but, you know, as coaches, you know, you, you sometimes you got to look down on the other end and, and see those guys working and that, that just excites you as well. Coach, I have one more uh, kind of uh, – actually, two. There's two fun questions I'll end on, then I'll let you address the boneheads and any K-State fans who will listen to this tomorrow morning on the podcast feed. Uh, the, the first one is, uh, are, are you still a Coca-Cola man, or is there anyone who's been able to convince you to give coffee a, a better shot in the morning for your caffeine? Uh, I, I'm actually uh, enjoying the Coke as we uh, talk. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're loyal to the brand. That's fine. Uh, m- maybe we need to get a you know a, a deal going because I think K-State technically might be a Pepsi uh, campus, so it might be a little harder for you to find Coke on campus. But uh, the final kind of fun one I'll, I'll ask you is this, and it has nothing to do with uh, what's going on on the basketball floor. Uh, but if you guys were – uh, on a flight and someone on staff, someone in the travel party had to successfully land the plane for you guys. Uh, they can get instruction from the pilot on the ground or something, but who are you sending up to the cockpit pit to successfully land the plane? Oh, Bailey, Bailey B. Without a doubt, Bailey B. Bailey B, I think sometimes she lands the plane now. <laughs> like Bailey B runs the show. Like everything goes. I mean, from getting on the plane to getting off, the bus is like she runs the show. So it's not a question. I can tell you the last person who I won't send is, is definitely Coach Reem because he, he won't pay attention long enough to get us safely. But Bailey B is my choice, hands down. Hey, Coach Reem would have it on in. Yeah, it'll be. It, oh, he'll have it on live. The the wreck, the crash will be on live. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I'll, I'll, and he'll be playing his music. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. The first thing he'll say is, Bailey, come help me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to give a shout out to Bailey because, uh, you know, I I believe if if memory serves me right, uh, she's a Manhattan girl. She's been with the program forever. 
uh, married a former K-State football player. So she's about as emo as it gets. So shout out to Bailey. I might need to get her on the uh, podcast later on in this offseason. Hold on, hold on. Let's see. We we may not have to wait till later on. Give me give me one second. One one second. I don't know how much time you have. Uh, hey, you, you know, if if you're running to get her, we we, we can go as as long as we need to. All right, give me give me two seconds. This is sick. This is why people need to tune into the Bosco's Boys live show. You never know what might happen. I will say I'll give a shout-out to Manhattan Brewing Company sponsoring this show uh, going on a year now and all through March Madness. Go get a couple four-packs of Tang Time uh, to watch the tournament. Okay, you, you, you ask for something, the king will always deliver. Hey, there we go. Bailey, uh, I, Bailey. I, first off, welcome to the show. Welcome to Bosco's Boys. Uh, first off, uh, Coach Bourne, the King, king Marco, said if anyone in the travel party – could successfully land a plane if needed to, you'd be the one. What is your confidence level if you got called up to the cockpit to land a plane? Oh, <laughs> uh, pretty low. I think I would punt my landing responsibilities to Coach Tang. He's He's got a cool, calm, and collected always. Me, not, I'm not uh, a real confident flyer, so I think I've got Marco tricked. <laughs> well, he, he has confidence in you. I, I'll ask you this because uh, I think you, along with Curtis and then, you know, Tom Gilbert, one of the handful of folks who uh, were part of this transition beginning to end, uh, just how rewarding is it for you and your position to see, you know, starting with two guys left, coaching search, uh, building the team, and now here you guys are, three seed. Uh, in the NC, back in the NCAA tournament, how rewarding has this, uh, you know, last 12 months been for you? Oh man, it's, it's been a roller coaster for sure. It was, um, you know, at times I think we all looked at each other thinking like we we're, we're doing the right thing and, um, you know, trusting coach Tang, but seeing where we were at this time last year with two guys on the roster and, um, you know, coach building a staff, um, you know, everybody moving to town, bringing their families here, getting all of our guys on visits. Um, It feels like now they've been here forever. I I don't know how to live life without these guys. So um, it's, it's been a blast. Um, I've, it's, I mean, Uh Oh, did did we uh, drop? Can you hear me? Oh, oh yeah. We, we lost you there for a second. Oh, yep. There was a phone call that came in on King Marco's phone, but um, I, I don't know where, where it cut off, but um, it's no doubt been a special season. And um, like Coach Tang said, crazy faith. And we started with two guys. And I, I don't know how to live life without this crew now. It, it seems like they've been here forever. Well, last one I have for you, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, get back on with your evening. Uh, if you wanted to tell one quick story about uh, Coach Bourne that would embarrass him in front of the thousands of listeners we'll have tomorrow morning when this goes live, uh, what story would you know? I don't know that Marco has ever made a mistake uh, or anything, so I don't have I don't have anything to say. I think the only thing that I can knock him on is just drinking Coke in the morning and not a not a cup of coffee. He's he's pretty I, easy I to work with. For the office. 
<laughs> Office full of coffee, but, but, but the king. I will say there was a time, you know, I called a couple other friends in the industry, like, who are these people, right? And, um, you know, they gave me the lowdown on who everybody was, and they got to Marco, and they said, Marco, he's a silent assassin. He gets stuff done. Um, and that's 100% who he is. Gets everything done, working behind the scenes 24-7. So um, he's good. I do have a question for you. Uh-oh. Um, what are you- when are you bringing the dog to the office? I will. I will bring Chauncey up whenever you guys uh, would have me. Uh, I, I almost feel like uh, you know. Shout out to Tom. I almost feel like he's keeping me at arm's length. Uh, of all these different interviews I've been able to get, I, I was able to come in. Uh, I think month six of this podcast. We're at five years. Uh, next week, month six, I was able to come in. We actually had a great uh, show with Coach Weber. Shout out to Coach Weber. Uh, and Tom's kept me at arm's length and on Zoom uh, rest of the way. So if, if he wants if he wants to let me back to the ICE facility, I'll bring Chauncey up with me. <laughs> oh, I'll have to pass it along. Yeah, bring the dog anytime. That'd yeah, awesome. so I appreciate you. I, I'll let you get back on with your evening. And, uh, you know, we, we had a few minutes with you, but be prepared. We're going to get a full show with you later on this offseason. Yeah, we need it. We need. I think we need a weekly Bailey B, the Queen of Manhattan. She got the King Marco and the Queen of Manhattan Bailey B once a month. I think you guys should start your own show. I mean, forget me interviewing you guys. <laughs> I think you guys need to do your own show. The the ins and outs of Manhattan. There you go. I well, like her Nate, her Nate, the the King, and then the Mayor of Manhattan, the Queen and the Mayor. Hey, there you go. There, hey, see, you guys could start your own podcast network right there inside the basketball facility. So, well, we appreciate you guys, man, and then you know, let's, let's have a great Friday. You know, get get big groups, uh, a lot of watch parties. You know, uh, drink responsible, have a with the, uh, a designated driver, and enjoy the cast victory. Hopefully, we, we we make you guys proud. And like I said, our focus of practicing. Uh, on Saturday would come true, and, and then we, we focus on Sunday. There you go. Marco, thank you so much for your time. Bailey, thank you for your time. And to all the boneheads who participated and everyone who is listening to this. Uh, you, forgot, uh, I, you, forgot, you forgot about your, your KC partner for next year. Oh, well, yes. So, sorry. The, the best manager K-State's ever had. Yes. Again, it was so, it was so action-packed. Again, and he, tell him to slide in my DMs when he, when he gets the man, or to Kansas City. Uh, you know, we, we will uh, party responsibly. We, we will be very responsible. We will have designated drivers or Ubers, I promise. But uh, have, him, have him reach out to me. I don't know if he's listening right now. Slide in the DMs. We'll make it happen. Uh, but thank you to everyone. And, and again, uh, we're back in the tournament. We're dancing again, so be tuned in. Uh, I think like eight thirty on CBS. Uh, you know, of course, cats. Of course, they're on yeah, CBS, King Marco. It, it is. No, I'm making sure the time eight thirty CBS. Uh, of course, and of course, it has to be on CBS because uh, K State, baby, we're back. National brand. So for King Marco, for all of our guests, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world. We love you guys and go cats. All right, thank you, Doc. Thank you, go cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white.
UK State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Fight, fight, fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State! Podcast Network.